Welcome to Investing Across Borders with Lauren Cohen. Every week, she will share valuable information that you need to know in order to successfully invest in real estate and other business endeavors in North America. We believe in helping clients invest, live, work, and play across borders. And now, your host, Lauren Cohen. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Lauren Cohen, and I'm coming to you live from Investing Across Borders, where we teach you how to invest, live, work, and play across borders. You can subscribe to our podcast on all podcast channels, and you can also join us on Facebook or LinkedIn or pretty much any social media, always under the the Investing Across Borders banner. And our new website, which just launched, is investingacrossborders.net. So we look forward to seeing you. And our masterclasses are once a month, investingacrossborders.net backslash masterclass. Imagine that. And as I speak about my tagline, how to invest the live, work, and play across borders, uh, it brings me to my good friend and guest, Mike Wolf. And why does that remind me of Mike? Well, first of all, he does all of those things. But also, I met Mike in person, right, on the Marketer's Cruise a few years ago. And um, Jeanette Anderson was the one who came up with my tagline at one of those kind of pizza things. And she was like, this is your tagline. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. And so Mike and I met in person there and um, became friends and have connected on many levels. He's been a client. He's been a mentor. He's been a referral party of mine. And also he's responsible for me meeting my business partner, Carolyn Gallardo, who I never would have met. Well, I guess I would have eventually met her, but if I hadn't gone to Mike Wolf Mastery. And without further ado, I will introduce you to my fellow Canadian, my fellow real estate investor, my friend, Mike Wolf. Mike, please say hi to our audience. Hello, and thank you for uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And it's interesting that you mentioned meeting on the Marketer's Cruise and pizza, because <laughs> That's where you're always going to find me is pizza. But hey, anyway, yeah. we won't talk. We won't talk about food sale. We'll talk about real estate. But now you got me. Pizza now you got me salivating. Estate. You got me salivating. There you go. Does, don't they call it pizza and profits? Pizza and profits. Yes, and yeah. it's a great concept. And, and yeah. we meet late late night, and everybody has pizza and drinks, and they network. And I think that's when you really get to know people is when you actually hang out with them in more their natural habitat as opposed to seeing them on a stage. So that's right. That's correct. Even though you've been on amazing stages, including your TEDx talk and all of those other amazing places that you've spoken. But rather than talking about your amazing speaking abilities and just just a heartfelt entrepreneur who has become a coach and um, de- developed Mike Wolf Mastery over COVID, right? Because you were never really planning to do events, were you? Well, you know what? I was actually, before COVID, I was... retired because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you can never fully retire. That never happens because your brain brain doesn't shut off. So you can't fully retire. But I I used to do pre-COVID, I would do one or two events a year. And I take people, I take students typically to Houston, Texas, and I teach them how to do tax liens and deeds. And that's what I was known for. And I'd only do it once or twice a year when I was bored. And then when uh, COVID hit, I went back. I wasn't sure where I wanted to hang out because I I remember I was actually on a flight. I was actually on a flight from- You on a flight, imagine that. I was actually on a flight from uh, Washington, D.C. to L.A. And I was supposed to speak in Los Angeles, but that event, of course, got canceled. And I knew that. But I thought when I land there, I've got a lot of friends in Los Angeles, so I'll go hang out. And uh, literally while I was on the airplane, 
they uh, on the news, they're saying LA is being locked down. Oh like, my God. How do, you, how do you lock down Los Angeles? How, how's that even, that, that wasn't even a thing until that day. That was the first US city to get locked down. And I was thinking when really? I land, I'm, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I was actually, can you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Mike, but yeah, back when people were saying to me, there's going to be a lockdown. I'm like, a what? What are you talking exactly. about? Lot, yeah, yeah, the kids aren't going to go to school. I'm like, the kids aren't going to school. What? What? I was, I was like, this is not even possible. Like, it was so unfathomable at the time. No science right? fiction. That, right. No science it fiction. seemed like it was coming from like the Twilight Zone or the zombies or something. And literally, it was. It was. I felt like we were in Zombie Land for the longest time. We were just talking the other day about when Amazon would deliver packages or you would get groceries delivered and you have to clean the stupid things with oh the, goodness, with yeah, the wipes and all. And you'd leave them outside for a period of time. And uh, oh my God, I'm so Crazy. glad that's over. Oof. Oh my God. Yes. So, but it was really interesting because while I was on that flight, I go, well, I'm not going to hang out in LA if it's locked down. Right. Like that's not, and, and I'm, anyway, it was, it seemed unfathomable, but at the same time, I was, I was so I'm on my, on my laptop trying to figure out well, where am I going to fly to when I land in LA? <laughs> and then my first thoughts were, you know, what if this lasts for like two weeks? Two where, weeks? <laughs> if I had to, if I, if I'm going to be somewhere for two weeks, where do I want to be? And so I, I originally thought Hawaii, but then I thought, well, if they lock down Los Angeles, they could right. also lock down Hawaii, which they eventually right. did. Right. And I thought the safest place for me to be is I don't cook, by the way. So I, I envisioned myself being in a hotel room with no food and <laughs> definitely no pizza. And um, I, I probably it probably would have done me some good. But anyway, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go back to, to uh, Canada. I'm going to go back to Calgary because that's where my daughter and my grandkids are. And I've got family there that do know how to cook. So they won't let me die. And um, I remember thinking, you know, and, and in two or three weeks from now, I'll start booking my travel again. I'll, and of course, seven months later, uh, I'm still in Canada. And there was actually a, a, you probably remember this, there was a time where Canada shut down the airlines. They weren't allowed to go anywhere sunny, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You fly within Canada, but you couldn't go to anywhere warm, more or less, mm -hmm. the sun destinations. And so uh, for a short period of time, they reopened the airlines. And I took the first flight I could find from Calgary that was direct. I don't want to go through any other countries. So I, I went directly from Calgary to Los Cabos, Mexico. And then I took off for two years after that, where I was living all across Mexico and I was living in Costa Rica um, and didn't go back to Canada for a two year uh, period. So I can't remember why I'm telling you this because I can't remember what the question was, but. Um, well, it was just about how, how, COVID impact. Oh, how, oh. How you so yes. Mastery yes, yes, yes. That's what, that's why I brought that up. And so when I got back to Calgary, a lot of my friends, um, you know, they were calling me up, Mike, my gym got shut down, Mike, my restaurant shut down, Mike, I lost my job. And I'm kind of the go-to person, apparently, if somebody uh, needs real estate investing advice, if they need business or entrepreneur advice, if they need finance or money advice. And I noticed like I had so many of my friends that were coming to me and they were going through these really bad transformations that they did not choose for themselves. No. And I thought instead of talking to them one at a time, here I am in Canada bored, why don't I do like group coaching? And initially I started off doing it for free and I just to help my friends. And then my friends started to bring their friends. And then right. my friends' friends started to bring strangers. I had no idea who they were. And it was just getting really, really big, really, really fast. Right. And I thought I can't really add value to, to people. I don't know their situation. And 
So uh, I started to charge for it and got rid of some of the, the people that weren't going to take action anyway. And, and anyway, that morphed into what I now call the wolf pack. And uh, I wasn't really planning on building it. And even after I built it, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to do this for one year. I want to help as many people as I can during that year. And then I'm going to shut it down because I knew I'd eventually be back in, in uh, travel mode. And, and I was just on a safari actually in Africa a few weeks ago. Wow. Uh, and I was waking up at two and three in the morning to teach my wolf pack, but I loved doing it. I'd set the alarm. It'd be like 2.55 a.m. I'd brush my hair to make it look like I wasn't sound asleep. Uh, I'd teach for 90 minutes and then go back to bed. And I felt grateful that I have my wolf pack. I love that community. Um, but anyway, that's a long way of answering your question. Yeah, it would have never happened if it weren't for COVID. Uh, it's definitely one of the silver linings uh, for me. And uh, so, yeah, I hope we don't get another pandemic. Uh, but at least I know what I would do to keep in touch with a lot of people uh, is, is uh, th- thank God for Zoom. Can you imagine we didn't have Zoom and Netflix? No. What I mean, life would have no. been like? Yeah, yeah no. Uh, well, if we, I mean, imagine if we didn't have phones and we didn't have like all the stuff oh, that wow. we have. I mean, Zoom certainly became Zoom. Like, yeah. Now it's normal to Zoom. You don't exactly. have to meet people in person anymore. It's the standard. And now we can speak all over the world. For me, it's great because I don't have to travel as much as I'd love to. I don't have the same freedom and flexibility as you. For you, it's great because you can teach your students from wherever you're located as as I can. And so it's been in, you know, that's the silver lining of this disaster that we literally lived through. Thank God we lived through it. Oh, but yeah. it's, we're, we're on the other side now and, and it, it's it's a pleasure to be on the other side. But the other thing that I think happened, and you can attest to this, is that people started realizing that they are really able to invest anywhere without leaving the comfort of their own home sometimes, oftentimes, actually. Virtual investing exactly. became a very yeah. big thing, right? A lot, a lot of people, especially at the beginning of COVID, when we didn't know what was going on and people were like really locked down in a lot of cases, people were buying properties, you know, by video, people are doing, you know, they're taking their phone out and doing FaceTime and, and showing properties and people are buying that way. So it's really interesting how resilient and creative we can be when we're forced to be as human beings. And uh, there were definitely some strange times, but yeah, like real estate, not only did it, uh, go on but it thrived and of course we know what happened to the prices during uh, covid they went crazy so um but yeah it was definitely some interesting times to say the least yes absolutely and so tell us about where your journey has taken you today um i know you're you're currently in calgary but you left puerto vallarta now you're going to come to florida to go on the marketers cruise so physically i'm not worried but like in terms of your real estate journey and where where are you now where are you focused what is your focus um, how are you teaching your students? Um, do you have your wolf pack? What else? So on and so forth. If you would, update wow, us. that's a, that's, that's a lot of questions in one. Let well, you can where, handle it. <laughs> where do I start? So I've been doing this for 34 years. Uh, actually right now, January, this is my 34th year anniversary this month. So, um, started off with very, very humble beginnings. Didn't really even have investing on my uh, radar. Never really planned on, I actually was supposed to be a lawyer. I, I pro- we probably would have been lawyer friends. Um, and uh, I got my first degree. Uh, I had a whole bunch of student loans. And then I won't tell the whole story, but I ended up in uh, working for the phone company to pay off these student loans. And while I was there, I bought my first property to live in. I also bought my first rental property shortly thereafter. And as luck would have it, the market in Calgary took off 
probably around two years after I bought those two properties. And that changed my life forever because all of a sudden I went from somebody who didn't know how they were ever going to pay off those student loans, which back then I think I was like $24,000, uh, which seemed like a, a huge insurmountable uh, amount of money that I'd never be able to pay off to all of a sudden building through equity, building enough money to not only pay them off, but have enough money to go and uh, kind of create, well, I created a new dream for myself. I, I uh, basically, I was going to law school really because my mother wanted me to go to law. I, I, it wasn't necessarily my dream, but uh, once I discovered real estate, I, uh, you know, back then I was in my mid twenties and uh, I thought I knew everything there was to know about real estate after I kind of got this win. And uh led me on this amazing journey uh, with a lot of ups and downs because at, at first I didn't really know what I was doing and made a lot of mistakes. So I went from rags to riches to back to rags again, and I had to rebuild and, and be more strategic. But anyway, uh, without giving you all the uh, uh, details, like there's been a lot of growth through that time. And so like 15 years ago, if you said, hey, Mike, can you be on my podcast? I, I wouldn't know where I would find time to possibly do that because I was a workaholic. Right. And so I learned how to create passive income for myself and get my time back. Not just, you know, money freedom is great, but if you don't have time freedom to go with that and you don't have balance in your life, I know a lot of people with a lot of money in their bank account that are very miserable. And so, so, so really I, I say that over the years, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I've obviously learned to harness real estate as a way to cr help create my, uh, you know, financial freedom, but also as I learned to be a smarter work smarter. I learned how to get my time freedom from it. And uh, so these days, you know, I have several businesses that run pretty much on their own because I have teams that do almost all of it for me. Uh, the one business that does require me is my Wolfpack, but it has never, even since day one, ever felt like work. Like I look, especially during COVID, I looked forward to it so much. Originally, yeah, it was camaraderie. No, it was it was amazing to have a community. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. You need that community. It, it we social people like you and I thrive on that. And COVID, it was, I mean, it put me into this tailspin because I we weren't. What were we doing? Nothing. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. But it was it was really interesting because I set a lot of ground rules for the people that were allowed to be in the Wolfpack. There was an application process. Uh, and one of the things was, okay, there's no negativity. I don't want, like, yeah, there's stuff going on out there. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the things we have control over and things where we can make a difference uh, in our own lives and other people's lives. And anyway, it turned out to be just an amazing community. Initially, I offered them that we would meet monthly. Um, and then it turned out that, you know, after I do the monthly call, like a week later, it's like I'd be missing everybody. So I'd throw in a bonus session. Now we meet like every week. Sometimes, uh, I think last week we met like three times. Wow. Yes. So I actually, I, I don't look at it as it is my, it is a business and it's a very profitable business, but I actually look at it more as uh, giving back, uh, sharing my knowledge. And, and the best part is, you know, I, I, re, I recorded every session. One thing I've wanted to do for a long time is leave my, my grandkids are four and six right now. And I want when they get older for them to know how to duplicate some of the stuff that I've done so they can have a much easier life than a lot of people have and a lot easier than I have had, although mine's not that bad, relatively speaking, I can't complain, but um, I'd love for this knowledge to be passed on and leave my uh, legacy. And so this has given me an excuse to put all my best content, uh, not just in front of other people, but also on video. And, and uh, anyway, it's just been a really 
I, I hate to say it. I, I was very fortunate. I didn't lose a single friend or relative to COVID. So COVID was actually really good to me in a lot of different ways. It gave me the extra uh, time to really focus on different things than I was before. Not that those other things weren't great. I was, you know, it was mostly travel and I was doing some philanthropy and, and uh, you know, speaking, et cetera. I was doing stuff I enjoyed then too, but I probably would have never found the, the, just the, the time to sit down and, and put all this stuff on video and get it recorded. And it, it just built up a new enthusiasm for me as somebody who, you know, before that I became, I was a passive income expert. So I did, I wanted to trade zero time for money. And during this, I realized that, Hey, it's, it's kind of fun to look back and start something new. And even though it takes a little bit of time to set up the foundation, uh, once it's up and running, it doesn't take up that much time. And even though it's not hundred percent passive, it's still something that's rewarding and fulfilling. And so, but it, so I guess COVID really got me to focus more on happiness and fulfillment uh, than I was before. And also legacy, it really got me thinking about legacy. So once again, long answer to a simple question, but that's kind of where, where I see things going is I'm going to continue doing the Wolfpack because I love it, even though it was supposed to be a one-year project. Here we are uh, over two years, still going strong. And also creating something called Worldwide Wolf, where uh, since we're talking about borders, I love travel, as you, as I'm sure people have guessed by now. And I've been to 80 countries so far. So I want to document it, though. I'm going to have uh, videographers recording oh, cool. it. And, and the goal is just to show people how beautiful the planet is. And I want to open people's eyes because so many people, if they don't travel, I think they have this tunnel vision uh, approach to life. Unfortunately, and they don't realize that there's a really, I've had some of my best breakthroughs in my life personally and business-wise when I was traveling and I was somewhere out of my comfort zone. And it's just, uh, just like when you're in the shower, sometimes all of a sudden something pops into your brain when you're not even thinking, you're not even trying to come up with something. It just pops in your brain. Well, I find when you get out of your comfort zone and your places with different languages, different cultures, uh, you see things differently. You have a different lens. And so anyway, I want to share that with people that haven't had the uh, ability to travel as much as I have. And so I want to get to as many countries as possible and record it and interview people along the way and just show people what's, what's out there. Yeah, that sounds great. I like that a lot. So Mike, let me ask you. So we've done a little work together. Not a lot, but a little um, more to come more in the future. Yes. But what prompted you at an early stage to invest south of the border rather than in your own country in Canada? Well, you know, I, I think in a previous life, I must have been uh, Mother Teresa because the universe you? always I, I think so, because oh. the, the universe always seems to put me on this amazing path that it almost seems like a fluke. So anyway, um, I got into real estate as a fluke and I also got into the U S as a fluke initially. So a buddy of mine from Calgary, he got, uh, uh, he got a job opportunity in Las Vegas yeah. and he's going to be paid a heck of a lot more money down there than he did in Calgary. He was a, a physiotherapist or in the U S a physical therapist. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. I got a, I got a buddy I can stay with. So, and I like Vegas. So I would go that down there at least once a month, sometimes more. And one of the things that I was noticing back in the in those days, this is pre, uh, you know, before that big drop in real estate in 2007, 2008. This is probably 2004, let's call it, give or take a year. So this is before it was cool for Canadians to invest down there. And um, anyway, so I go down there and unlike most people that go to Vegas a lot, my addiction was a lot different. I, I'm not a gambler. 
I'm not a big party animal, but one of the things that I could not help myself with is I could not drive past an open house sign and not go in. I'd always have to talk to the realtor. Hey, what's going on in the market? Why are they selling? Uh, you know, do you see any good deals? Do you ever have any pocket listings, etc.? And I love doing that. I don't do it as much anymore, but so I was doing that. And what I was noticing is every time I went to Vegas, the prices were going up and up and up. And at that time, Calgary is very flat, the prices. So I thought this is almost too easy, too good to be true. Now, of course, I did not know you back then. I didn't know anybody who could help me. Well, how do you deal with the taxes? How do you move your money back and forth? How do you convert your current? I didn't know any of that stuff. And so I just decided though, you know what? I'm going to wing it and I'm going to, I know I'm going to make some mistakes, but you know what? This is too good an opportunity to be true. Back then, Californians were moving in droves to Nevada to lower their cost of living, get out of the tax system in California. And they're doing that again, by the way, as I'm sure you know. But anyway, so I started flipping homes. I started buying homes and fixing them and then flipping them mostly to Californians that were uh, that were moving there. And that's how I got my start. Interestingly, uh, as time went on, uh, you know, a few years after that, we hit a really big recession and all of a sudden the Californians were not moving to Nevada anymore. The real estate market took a really big beating. A lot of people were afraid to get into the market. And you have to remember by then I was already, I had been through a lot of cycles up in Canada. So I knew, well, if it's coming down, it's cyclical, it's going to come back up. Right. And a lot of people left the industry. Um, I remember I was going to these auctions in Las Vegas there were auctions that took place in this parking lot and there were so many foreclosures. They were like nine to five Monday to Friday because a full time thing. And when I first start, started going there, there were like three or four of us. We were all foreigners. None of us were Americans that were at that auction. And, you know, we'd be making deals amongst each other. You let me have this one. I'll let you have that one. We were cherry picking. It was, those were great, great times. But uh, as time went on, the, you know, the five people turned into 20, turned into 50, turned to hundred that, uh, opportunity disappeared, but uh, still stuck with the U.S. Learned a lot of different strategies, which I now teach. Um, but that's how I got my start. It was totally once again uh, just the universe moved my friend just so I could benefit from real estate. But of course, that's exactly there you go. why. <laughs> but that's how it started. It wasn't what. It, uh, oh, and and then the second part of that I want to say because this will obviously interest you is I did make a lot of mistakes and. Afterwards, I had to fix them all. I made enough money that, yeah, you can fix it. If you make enough money, you can fix anything. But had I known somebody like you, because there's nobody that specialized in that back then, because any Canadians I knew who did any investing in the States, it was only a vacation home. It was never what I was doing, you know, flipping and buying to hold and stuff like that. So where were you back in 2004 when I needed you? Where were you? 2004. Let me think. I was um, in... Florida, but I was not doing this because my ex-husband had not yet been deported. So I was in corporate law doing like all the corporate stuff and working in house. And until he got deported and I got, went through the green card process, I really never thought about doing immigration or real estate work. Um, I had my real estate license by then, but I wasn't doing anything with it. Um, I only started using the license. Actually, that's not true. I got my real estate license um, 14 years ago, so I didn't have it yet. But I I didn't really start using my license until around when we met, when I started doing a lot of transactions Mm. and referrals and and stuff and, you know, using the license to benefit my clients so that they can invest in real estate and, and get visas and do all of the fun things attached to that. And 
learn from great people like Mike and Carolyn. And, you know, I'm not a real estate investment expert. I'm a real estate investment structure expert. That's a mm. different thing because I'm going to help you to get your structure in place so that you can invest in the real estate and not make all those mistakes and keep most of your money. So well, that's... Well, I'm going to say a couple of things. Number one, I'm very grateful to the universe for, I don't know. I Like I said, I always seem to end up on a really good path. So I'm very grateful. But if the universe wanted to put the cherry on top, you would have had those problems with your ex-husband earlier. And <laughs> one of the things that I, one of the things, exactly. One of the things I always teach my students though, is the time to get the map is before you go into the woods. So, so had I known you back then, then I could have not made those, uh, some of those big mistakes that I made. And but Mike, like so said, many people do it. I mean, the reality is I'm here, people meet me and they still do the things the wrong way because they think it's cheaper. They, I remember there was a guy that I spoke to, it's got to be a, like about two and a half or three years ago now, before I was really, really in the real estate investing structure side of things, which is now a very significant part of my business. And he came to me actually through an event I did with Carolyn. And he said that he had just paid the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, $100,000 in taxes. And I said, well, that's awesome. That means you made a lot of money. Yeah, this is right. But that ate into my, my whole profit of my U.S. real estate investment portfolio. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, do you have your entity set up? He goes, what, what? what entity? Uh-oh. And I was oh, like, no. oh, my goodness. I said, well, here's how this would look so that you don't have to pay the 100000 to the CRA next year. He said, nah, I'm good. Oh, geez. Okay. Wow. And if I had a dollar for every time that I have a client that comes to me and says, I'm going to set up an LLC and I'm going to start investing. And I'm like, oh, no, please stop. Just yeah. stop. Even if you don't work with me, don't do that because exactly. you're just going to be in, you're going to end up, well, you're wasting your time, energy, breath, whatever, and you're going to end up having to do it over. Or so, so it's, it still happens because people just look online and find the cheapest path that they think is the cheapest path. But like m- most people don't look at attorneys or uh, um, tax people or accountants as that we're fire preventers. And wouldn't well, you rather prevent the yeah. fire? Yeah. Well, not only that, I think you need to look at that as an investment because really yes. your, your lawyer after you pay them should be saving you money. The, the money you spent on them, you're, you're going to get a return on that. That's going to be higher than what you paid for them. The same with a good accountant and uh, you know, not, not having an entity. Okay. Well, there's the tax side of things where you're paying too much to the government, but then there's the other side of that equation where uh, now you're putting all your assets at risk. You need yep. asset protection. And, sue and, you, and they're absolutely. in the U S everybody is lawsuit. Litigious. It's very litigious. Very so. litigious. It's not like Canada where people are like, okay, it's all right. No worries. No problem. Everybody wants a piece of you. Of and um, I, I think that that's possibly one of the reasons that almost all of my service providers are in Canada because mm. it's there's a level of integrity and trust. And I'm not saying anything negative about American service providers, but th- it's just a different mentality a different way of thinking a different way of approaching business and well, so yeah well, it's less litigious because the settlements are so much smaller so, so it's not really smaller. worth it's not really worth people's time in most exactly. cases you can exactly. see somebody you're gonna get a small amount or right. you can just move on so right. and, and, moving on is always yeah. best so yes 
Um, and, and, and I think that that's also getting rid of all that bad karma that we don't want to deal with. And, you know, like you said, you only want people in the wolf pack that are positive. And at first, when I was starting to build this, how to immigrate through real estate and working on kind of revamping my business in the middle of COVID, I have something in my eye, I apologize. Uh Um, I think that at the time I was taking on anybody because Mm. I was, it wasn't that I was desperate. I was afraid to say no. I was afraid if I said no, there wouldn't be somebody around the corner. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I am much more discerning like you, because if the client, because I work so closely with my clients and it's a very symbiotic relationship. And if they are not going to be on the same page as me and not have that similar mindset about positive and moving forward and getting past this stuff, like, unfortunately, we still have some clients that are in that space from before. Right. We, we won't do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, because it's just not worth it. It's, when your gut says no, you got to listen to your gut. That's great advice. And it's something that I also teach my students because when I was younger, I used to manage my own properties. And if you're watching this and you have rental properties, do not manage your own property. Do not manage your own properties, please. It's the worst thing you could do. <laughs> it's the worst thing. But anyway, when I used to do it, a lot of times I look at two applicants and there's one that was obviously, at least from my brain perspective, more qualified. Like they got had better references, they had better jobs, et cetera. But sometimes my gut feeling was, I don't know why, but I just don't feel comfortable with that person. Mm-hmm. Whereas this person here, they don't look as good on paper, but I feel more comfortable. And when I stopped using this as much and I went more uh, to my heart I found and my instincts, I think those instincts are really there to protect us. And a yeah. lot of times our brain uh, takes over and doesn't yeah. let us go with our feelings. And I, and I, anyway, so I'm glad you brought that up because that's some, that was one of my lessons over the years. And it's almost always your instincts are going to be right. So I'm going to tell you a little story and I hope you're not going to mind. And if you mind, we can do it. When I first met you on the marketers cruise, you were a little aloof because like you said, you're not going on the marketers cruise to do business. Really. You're going on the marketers cruise. You to relax. And I was on this first marketers cruise. I was a virgin marketers cruise person. I was like trying to make, and as soon as I hear somebody's in real estate from Canada, I'm like all excited. Now, I don't know. I don't have a clue who Mike Wolf is at this time. I'd never met him before. He's this nice guy. He looks like similar age to me, which he is, even though he has grandchildren. Um, And um, he was with another nice Canadian guy from Vancouver. And they always sat like separately. And I was like, what's up with this guy? Like, why is he so aloof? And it took a little, like I had to break him down a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. Right. But I didn't give up. Did I? You I didn't did give not. up. You definitely didn't. That's persistent. why we're here right now. <laughs> right. And that's why we're here today. And you know, it, 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 it goes to show you that my instinct was this is a nice guy. He just doesn't want to be bothered because he's, he, you know, he has his own stuff. He's not here for that big schmoozing thing. And so I tried to be sensitive to that. And then after is when we actually became friends and I went to his Mike Wolf Mastery and we started doing some business together and referring clients and so on and so forth. And the rest is history. But but at, the, at first, it, actually, Carolyn was the same way because I reached mm-hmm. out to her on LinkedIn and she never got back to me. But I didn't know she never checks her LinkedIn. So I was like, who does she? Why is she not writing back to me? So I finally reached out to Mike. I said, how do I reach this woman? Because I've got to know her. So um, that, you know, because I'm a little bit persistent. That's good though. That's a good thing. 
Um, and, and, and in all honesty, though, it's not that I'm aloof or not that I'm being a snob and saying, I don't want to, it's, it's just when I go on, on a cruise like that, I know I, I have so many pre-existing relationships. I know so many people on there and sometimes I don't get to see them because I, I sometimes travel for, well, I actually left Canada for two years straight. So sometimes yeah. I don't, I go away for a long, long time and I don't get to see these people and having them all in one spot. It's like, Hey, I've got, if I know I'm, I'm going to go see my buddy at two o'clock at the pizza place. I, now you got me thinking about pizza. I gotta have pizza. <laughs> pizza it's okay. always back to pizza. Then I know if I get in a conversation with somebody, I don't know at five minutes to two, I'm going to be late. And so a lot of times I'm, it's like, okay, I'm meeting this person here and it's not even business. It's just hanging right. out with my buddies. And that, right. that's the main reason I go because my business um, I'm very, I'm in a very, uh, fortunate place right now after 34 years of doing the same thing, mm-hmm. we don't really have to go looking for clients. They, right. they come to us. And, um, so anyway, I go on with a different intention than most people do. I'm not there to get business. If it happens, awesome. But I'm mostly there to, to be the class clown and go hang out with my friends and have some drinks and, uh, take it easy and get some sunshine and vitamin D. Um, but. I just want to clarify that I was not trying to avoid you just for the record. No, and I, again, I wasn't saying that. It's just okay. that I, I, I was, I was a newbie. And I think that that marketer's cruise, there should be like a virgin ver- version and then a, a, you know, a return <laughs> version because it's a complete, you, there, it's a learning experience. And I can't really explain what this is, but basically there's 400 to 500 people that are all most selling something in the digital space, something, whatever that something is. And they're all like competing for lists. And this, this was not my thing. Cause I, you know, at the time I didn't have a big list. Now I have a big list. I could probably go and do very well, but I not going this year. But the point is that um, then there's more people like Mike that are seasoned marketers, cruise people that do have the friendships and the relationships that I hadn't yet built. And so I was trying to build those relationships. And sometimes uh, you know, I can be a little in your face. So I, anyway. no, no way. I'm going to, I'm no. And, just, but just I also bit. will, I also will say though, if you ever go for anybody who ever ends up on the marketers cruise, which is fun. Um, I've, I've probably built the most, I've done the most business probably once again, going back to pizza at the pizza place. Cause once again, Absolutely. that's when people are being their authentic selves after they've had a few drinks, they're having pizza, just being themselves when they're on the stage, introducing themselves, that's okay, but you get to see the real, like, who do you, who do you want to do business with? I want to do business with people that are similar to myself that are laid back and chill. I don't want that person that's on the stage saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And so, um, you know, that's the other thing is you have to really protect your time and not just on, on the cruise, but just in life in general. And, uh, you know, when you do that, I just find the right people are going to end up hanging out with you anyway, birds of a feather end up flocking together. So. So, and, and fortunately we continued and built a really nice friendship and I am very grateful to have you in my life. And I love talking to our tribe when every time I talk to them, they ask some just so insight, such insightful questions because they've been trained by the best. And, um, I I'm just very grateful for your role in my life. I'm glad that we could have you back. You were my very first guest when I started this podcast. And you're my only so no Carolyn and you so far. I recorded hers last week, and I recorded yours now. And so the two of you, you know, not everybody's going to get a repeat performance, but for you two, um, who are dear friends and and a part of my world, it's a pleasure to have you back. And um, 
we'll keep doing this maybe once a year. We'll revisit where, where you are in the world right now. He's in Calgary going yeah, to very knows where, back to Florida to go on the marketer's cruise. I'll see him for 0.5 seconds. Give him a hug. Take a picture. We'll do breakfast. We're going to do breakfast. We're, we're doing breakfast. Absolutely. And, um, and um, thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Um, any parting words? How do people reach you? We'll obviously put it all in the show notes, but please share. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me and bringing me back a second time. And now that I know Carolyn was back for a second time, I have to be a third time because, <laughs> you know, can't be out. No, just kidding. There you go. Um, if anybody wants to reach me, my website is mikewolfmastery.com and you can reach me at info at mikewolfmastery.com. Super easy. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I am Lauren Cohen signing off for today from Investing Across Borders, the podcast where we teach you how to invest, live, work, and play across borders. Please do subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star rating because they help us to get ranked. So thank you again. I'm Lauren Cohen. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening to Investing Across Borders with Lauren Cohen. Make sure to check the show notes for any links and for guest contact information. If you have questions for Lauren, please reach out to her at founder at ecouncilglobal.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast with a friend.